Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, night protection services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause so let's go into a little bit of you started fathers with voices and then how did that transition into um good fatherhood forever well good fatherhood forever was something that i did with a partner i'm not as invested in it now as I was two or three years ago because I let my partner take that on. So I don't know if that shouldn't have been in the bio, but it's still a great program. It's just that it went into a different direction and I went into another direction, but I still support it. Gotcha. Okay. That's all good. So how did you get into teaching? That was by accident. (laughs) That was by accident. When I was in education, I I performed different non-teaching positions. One of them was I was in what they call an in-school suspension leader. And despite, you know, uh, reducing the amount of students that was referred to the program, they got rid of the program. So I went to go apply at another school. And this particular school, I had applied for, I forgot what type of position was, but the principal remembered me. And long story short, he was like, we have a social studies position available. I want you to interview, so on and so forth. And long story short, I got hired as a middle school social studies teacher. And then after that, they did some transitions in the school. And again, I was laid off. Um, So I was like, I'm tired of this. I'm going to go uh, get my master's degree. I'm going to go to school full time. And I took a non-teaching position so I could focus on graduate school full time. And I was doing uh, teacher assistant for exceptional children. And it was by far the best four years of my life in education, working with those kids um, in elementary school. It was very rewarding. But I left after 2018. Uh, I will have another book coming out detailing my experiences <laughs> because that's how I deal with things. Because there were a lot of things, there's a lot of things that going on in education that, you know, the general public need to become aware of because it's detrimental to our children. So as you can see, my M.O. seems to be doing things that ruffles people's feathers a little bit. That's just the way it is. I don't know why, but that particular book is going to be, it's going to be an eye opener. So, you know, that's how I got into teaching. Awesome. I think that that is, you know, Definitely something that's needed. My mom and my sister both work in the school district. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my mom has experienced a lot of um, racial inequalities through the school system. 
a hundred percent, you know, and so, but you know, it's, it's really hard to fight that, you know, even mm-hmm. though it's a, a public system, they mm-hmm. still have things in place where it's hard to fight, you know, that, those battles. It is. And, and another thing that, that a lot of, of mainstream society is not aware of is something called administrative bullying. And this is where we lose a lot of great teachers. And that's the reason why parents need to be concerned. Um, Because the problem with education is they don't understand that they are human services. Education is still human services. And the problem with education is, is that they're very good at pointing out data, but they don't always follow the data. When it comes to achievement, they're going to follow the data. When it comes to things like uh, students going through anxiety, they don't acknowledge that. Okay, anxiety is a real problem for children because of the tremendous amount of work and responsibilities that's on students, okay? They don't acknowledge bullying in terms of the statistical data and understanding that it has to be addressed quarterly instead of of like a day-to-day type of, of basis as far as case by case. So that was my problem with education. I left education because I saw a pattern. And my mother always said, pay attention to patterns. And if it's negative, get out of it. I saw a pattern and I said, okay, I can't be a part of this because you can't, you can't expect someone to come to school and give 110%, but you're making your decisions based on whether I like you. That has no place because there's human beings involved, you know, and that's what I want to bring out in my next book because it's a systematic problem and and it has to be fixed. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I, I 100% agree with that. Um, speaking of books, let's go into the book that you have out now. What is it called and what is it about? 10 Warning Signs is your date a deadbeat or deadly. It's about domestic violence prevention. And it's me introducing one particular term, DBDP, deadbeat dad potential. And I learned about the of men through fathers with voices. Okay. This is a small population of men who will contact my program and make statements like, well, Mr. Leggett, I heard about your program. Um, I need some help. And I go, well, what do you need help with? Whatever. And it was always related. It's a child. And they would say things like, well, I told her when we started dating, I didn't want any children. So in other words, you have a population of men who are thinking like this, that their thinking is, okay, if you decide to have that child, that's on you. That's your responsibility. Okay. The reason why that's a problem is because Single mothers are being murdered by their children's fathers. They're involved in child support cases. They're involved in custody cases. So my book is to say to single dating women, 
Let's look at these signs before you become intimate with these men. And if you see these signs, pull away. Because you don't know which way this man is going to go. Because you have men that are out here dating and their mindset is, and I have to be crass to make this point, their mindset is, as long as I'm wearing a condom, I'm good. So if you become pregnant, that's not on me. That's on you. And what happens, the reality is, once the woman decides to have the baby, that's where it can go to a violent level because she will eventually, in many cases, go and take him for child support. In the book, I reference different stories of women being murdered by their children's fathers. And one story was a man who drove from Texas to California. Once he got to the mother's job, the mother of his three children who he was paying child support for, he shot and killed her in front of all of her coworkers. And at the bottom of the, the news article, it said he felt that he was paying too much child support. So that's the reason why I wrote the book. It is time I want women to become very proactive because this is a this is a different demographic of men that a lot of people don't even know exists as it relates to domestic violence. And that's why this, this book is so important to me. And, and I have daughters, you know, who are of the age of dating and I would hate for them to, to meet this type of man who, who thinks this way. Definitely. So what are some, without giving away the whole book, <laughs> what mm. are a couple of those signs that, you know, that women should right off the bat, just walk away. There's a chapter called uh, 30 going on 15. This is that man who is showing you by the way he dresses, by the way he articulates himself. He's not very responsible, so on and so forth. That's a definite warning sign you're not on that same maturity level. So if you're not on that same maturity level, when it comes to aspects of real life adult issues, like the possibility of, of pregnancy, you're, you know, you're not on the same page. So that's definitely a warning sign. He doesn't have any type of plan for the future. He's just out there. He's just living day by day. He, he doesn't have any dreams. He doesn't have any goals. He articulates, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying life. No, that's a definite warning sign. Because again, if you become intimate with this man and become pregnant, how is he going to take care of that child? Is he going to show up to take care of that child? Chances are he won't because he's showing you right then and there that, you know, he's just not being very, very responsible. He doesn't have a great, relationship with his child's mother. That's a big warning sign. If he articulates, well, you know, we don't get along. So what I do is I just pay the child support and I just leave it alone. Okay. So if he's doing that to her, who's to say he's not going to do the same thing to you? 
So these are just these are just very simple warning signs that has to do with with listening and observing behaviors. The goal of the book is to save future lives. That's the goal of the book. And it's something that again is very personal to me because unfortunately throughout my life I've met so many women that were domestic violence victims. And now with me having daughters, it's even more personal to me because what I am seeing is that demographic of young men between the ages of 19 till about 30 who don't seem to do well with uh, with re- with rejection. You know, coming across all these articles of women saying, "I don't want to see you anymore," and then they end up murdering them. Okay. Women have to become more proactive because whenever people are dying, you have to become proactive and learn how to protect yourself. I definitely agree with that. What if these women get into this relationship, they end up pregnant? Do you have advice for them, you know, if that happens and, you know, they there were these signs, but maybe it was you know, one night stand that turned into a pregnancy. Do you have advice on how to have them navigate that type of situation? Well, my advice to them first of all is to make sure that they they have support. Family members, friends, let them know what's going on. If the man is articulating that he does not want to be responsible i would say you know she has to make that decision whether or not she wants to push for child support but she has to be very mindful that when child support steps in a lot of times with child support they will take out a lot more than the man is ready to give and then that's that's where the, that's where those violent tendencies come from so if she were to do that what i would recommend it is is if she can work something out with him financially without having to take him fully into the system and i've shared this with men i've actually had cases where men have said to me well she wants $300 a month i said take that deal take it okay because if she takes you for child support that 3 is going to turn to 500 or 600 they didn't listen they will come back to me what am i going to do she took me to child support they're charging me $600 a month you know it's it's very disturbing you know so i would say try to you know say you know encourage her to say well if you can just give me you know money for pampers formula every month. Let's start there. Baby steps. Okay? And then just take it from there, you know. Um so that would be my advice is to just try to make sure you have your support system and number 2, starting out, just do something small. Pampers, formula, crib, you know, those little small items, you know, every month and then just kind of work work your way up from there. Definitely. I think that 
You know, I, I, my one of my best friends, the father of her child, you know, she did the same thing. She's like, I just want like this much will get me, you know, get us through. And he's got, you know, they, they've got um, joint custody. So it's mm-hmm. not a, a huge, it wasn't a huge amount or anything like that. And he refused to take it. And she took him to court and it was not, you know. It was a lot more. It was a lot more, a lot was, more. It was and, a lot more. And that's why I would always tell men, go ahead and, and, and take what she's offering. And, and because you don't, once you're in the system, the only way you're going to get out of the system is if the mother come to court and says, I don't need child support anymore. And I've had cases where women have done that and the judge still said, okay, no, we don't care that you don't need it anymore, which is very strange to me. Um, but that's another, that's another show in itself. So it's, it's very important that men understand you don't want to be in the system. And for women is to, if they're not have, if they don't have any children right now, make sure that you're paying attention to these warning signs. Do not become intimate with the, with men very quickly. And this way, if you see these warning signs, you can just turn around and walk away. Definitely. I, I definitely agree with that. Wrapping up, is there anything that we did not hit on that you think is really important for the listeners to know about or hear from you? What I think is very important is we have to get back to the basics of prevention. We have to really become very preventive because I'm just seeing too many stories about domestic violence, especially with with COVID-19, domestic violence have increased globally. And we have to figure out a way to become a little bit more aggressive in the preventive side of domestic violence. And I I want to do my part through this book. I really want this book to reach the hands of as many women as possible because it is a tremendous problem. And I don't want to continue to read stories of single mothers losing losing their lives over this. Um, It's not necessary. And the natural progression of a program is to go from advocacy to prevention. And that's where Fathers with Voices is. So we have to become more aggressive when it comes to prevention. Definitely. I 100% agree with everything that mm-hmm. you're saying. I think that it's it's so important. And, you know, that surviving and thriving is not on the prevention side, but we kind of are because we do a lot of educational pieces as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that it's it's really, really important that we try to get ahead of this. You know, we're we're in the schools, we're we're doing teen violence, teen dating violence courses and all of this stuff to to kind of stop that, you know, that mm-hmm. those behaviors before they become deadly. Right. right. And okay. I, yeah, so I think prevention is definitely a huge part of, you know, fixing this problem mm-hmm. uh, and ending right domestic violence. Um, so we've got a few questions that we ask every guest that come on the show. And the first one is, what are your goals for the next year? Well, one of my goals is I'm considering starting a nonprofit based on the book. Um, I'm fleshing that out right now because 
I really want to, similar to you, I want to kind of go go into the venues of um, high schools and colleges and universities and women's groups because I think my book is relevant to all of those demographics. So that's that's my main goal. And my main goal also is to start a, a campaign. I'm working on a campaign called AQBI, which is Ask Questions Before Intimacy. And this is a, this is a, a campaign that I hope will become national, that will become trending because this is an extension of Fathers with Voices where I learned the reason why people get involved in these baby mama, baby daddy drama scenarios is that they didn't ask grown people questions before they started having sex. So after everything happened with the child being born and they realized they didn't have a lot in common, they were in court because they didn't know each other's future goals. Parenting C is going to be a platform that will provide these important questions for people to ask before becoming intimate and, and, and later on affecting them, you know, socially, uh, economically and physically and emotionally. So those, those are my goals for the next year. Fantastic. I think that they are (laughs) great goals. And I think that it's, you know, again, needed and Mm -hmm. there can't be, I don't think there can be too many resources out there for um, people in these situations. So I think that is amazing. Uh, the next mm-hmm. question is, what would the new you say to the old you? The new me would say to the old you, um, be more optimistic instead of pessimistic. That is, you know, I'm, I'm always a person that likes to self-reflect and self-evaluate. And that is an area of my life that I'm, I'm starting to see some great improvement in because I believe a lot of my pessimistic attitudes in my younger years stopped me from some very, very great opportunities. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, you know, really important for, you know, people to hear for sure. You know, a lot of times we do have missed opportunities because we look at, you know, the, and that's, it's human nature to look at the, downside of it right your body is going to protect you from everything so it's going to tell you all the cons that are associated with whatever you're dealing with and you have to you know get that mindset to look at the pros and accept the pros and and maybe you know try to accept the risk that is going on right right mm-hmm. um yeah. and the uh so the next question is what is something that helps you get through a tough situation? Um, Lord, I have a lot of coping mechanisms. Um, prayer, writing, music. I have a lot of different um, prayer, writing, music, um, listening to music, creating music, writing music, taking long walks. I'm somebody that would get in my car and drive for 45 minutes, just take a nice long drive in the evening time with the windows down and the music playing. So I have all these different things to do that kind of, you know, winds me down a little bit. Yeah. 
Definitely. I, I, uh, I'm definitely one of those people that likes to get on, you know, get in the car or, you know, my, uh, my husband rides motorcycles. So we'll jump on the back of a motorcycle and just ride. Um, definitely a huge stress reliever. What is other than your own, (laughs) um, what is a book podcast, ebook, uh, quote, anything that kind of helped you get into that mindset of, you know, creating your own business and and your own, you know, all these other entities that you've got going on, um, or just kind of gets you motivated or through these maybe tough decisions in your life. There is a book that was very impactful to me. I can't remember the full. Yeah. I remember the title. It's called against all odds. It was written by John Johnson, the creator of Ebony Magazine. That book was very instrumental in terms of shaping how I thought, think about business and how important it is to create something that not only allows you uh, a, a kind of a source of income but more importantly the impact it's going to have on a lot of people and um it's a very great book i refer to it a lot there's another book called think and grow rich by dennis kimbrough that is something that i have referred to a lot and and there's just so many books that i can i can name but those 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 are the two main books especially think and grow rich by dennis kimbrough that is yes, yeah, fantastic book. I uh, I think it's a really good one. And then finally, what again? What is the name of your book, and where can people find it? And then also, where can people find you and more information about you? Okay. Sure, the book can be found right now on Amazon.com. I have a a book landing page named Ten Warning Signs Net, and it's Ten Warning Signs with an S. .net. I also want to um, put this out there for all people, and they're going to see this on the landing page. I've created a partnership with a company called TicketsAtWork.com. And if you go to that website, it's a company that provides a lot of discounts on just about everything you can name, from um, movie tickets to hotel rentals to car rentals. I mean, to hotel stays, to car rentals everything so if you send a screenshot that you purchase the book i will give a corporate name because it's under my program i will give the corporate code name and you will have access to all of those discounts free of charge so i wanted to do something to, to give back to say thank you for supporting me and believing in my product awesome that's really amazing to be able mm-hmm. to do that. Um, and, and I think that is, that's awesome. Um, well, Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think, you know, I had a blast talking to you and I think that you've got a lot of good things going on and a lot of great information to spread. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for the opportunity and peace and blessings to you and your husband. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2 Thriving ATL. 
T-O-Thriving-A-T-L or online at 2thriving.org.